Hello, everybody. This is Gerald Salenti, and it's Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. And it's Wednesday, so what's Wednesday? Wednesday's a very, very special day because we have with us a very, very special man. Someone who loves the true spirit of America, teaches it, preaches it, lives by it, and knows it better than anybody else when it comes to the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and the Constitution a judge, former Supreme Court judge in New Jersey, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge, thanks for being here. Uh, Gerald, good morning, my dear friend. It's always uh, always a pleasure. Happy Wednesday mornings for both of us. Yes. And, you know, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking to see what's happened to this country and how we've lost those, what used to be, you know, a constitution and a, and a, uh, a bill of rights. And, and you write to have an article coming out tomorrow and it's right in front of everybody's eyes and ears to see and listen to, to see what's going on. And it's about in defense of free speech and free silence. And the first opening is, I disagree with what you say, but will defend to the death your right to say it. Voltaire said that. And you go on to write, and when Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, he included in it a list of the colonists' grievances with the British government. Notably absent were any complaints that the British government infringed upon the freedom of speech. They didn't infringe upon the freedom of the colonists' speech. That didn't start until we had a federal government here and the federal government enacted the Alien and Sedition Acts, which made it a crime to criticize the federal government and people, including a congressman by the name of Matthew Lyons from Vermont, were prosecuted and convicted under it. The long, the, 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 the column catalogs a long list of excesses by presidents and congresses until 1969 when the Supreme Court finally said, forget it. All innocuous speech is absolutely protected and all speech is innocuous when there is time for more speech to challenge it. The whole purpose of the First Amendment is to keep the government out of the business of speech. So what business does the Congress have subpoenaing college presidents saying, you didn't protect certain uh, groups of your students from harmful speech. You don't deserve to be a college president. The Congress has nothing to say about speech. We're not talking about speech at West Point, which the government owns. That's a different story. We're talking about speech on a private university campus, and Congress is berating college presidents because they were silent in the face of speech that Congress hates. What speech does Congress hate? Well, I'll give you a guess. The House of Representatives voted 416 to 1 to condemn anti-Semitism without defining what the heck it meant. So if you say on a college campus today, stop the slaughter of Palestinians, the Congress wants you to provide a forum for the slaughter to be defended. And if you don't, they will call you before Congress and berate you. That's the depth to which we have sunk today. That is the rejection 
of their oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution by 416 to 1. The one is Congressman Thomas Massey, of course. He's the personification of courage. You have here, <clears throat> stated differently, each of the signatories of the Declaration and all of the ratifiers of the Bill of Rights manifested in writing the unambiguous understanding that the freedom of speech is a natural right, personal to every human. It does not come from the government. It comes from within us. It cannot be taken away by legislation or executive command or popular will. They were 100% wrong. <laughs> it is being taken away. By it's legislation, by executive command, and by popular will, by browbeating people into a sense of conformity, by scaring people away from expressing certain views. This congresswoman from Michigan sang a song from the ocean to the sea, Palestine will be free, and she was censured by the House of Representatives. Even the British Parliament doesn't censure for making statements that are against the green. In this America, it's very clear. If you don't swallow government crap, you believe in misinformation. You are only allowed to believe what the government tells you. And when you look at this whole Israeli issue, again, they don't define as you mentioned, what anti-Semitism is. So let's, let's make this clear right away, right up front. Don't, as I say, don't you call me an anti-Semite and don't you tell me I hate Jews when I am opposed to the genocide being committed by Israel against the Palestinians in front of everybody's eyes. And as I say, three of my last four girlfriends were Jewish, and my best friends are Jewish. So save the anti-Jewish crap, just like I'm opposed to America's Afghan war. I'm opposed to America's Iraq wars. I'm opposed to America's Syria, Libya, Yemen, and, and other wars. So don't call me an anti-American. So now, to make this clear about what's going on with calling him an anti-Semite, none, zero, of the leaders of Israel, beginning with who was the first one, Ben Gurion, or and then Goldmeier, and yes. all the way up to Netanyahu, they're all Ashkenazi Jews. They're from Eastern Europe. They are not Semites. Clear as can be, the people running Israel are not Semites. The Palestinians are Semites. They're from the Mesopotamia region. So if you're going to call anti-Semite attacking Palestinians, they're the, Semites. The Israeli government is anti-Semitic because yeah. it wants to wipe the Palestinians off that part of the earth. This, this, is, this is a horror. And, and what they did with these... Again, what the hell right does Congress have to call up presidents of universities... Who the hell are you to? I you know what I would have said if I was one of those presidents? Go screw yourself. Who the hell are you to tell me what to do? Right. 
Who are you to tell me what to say and when to remain silent? These are natural human rights that individuals have, and the government has no business putting its thumb on the scale of these public disputes. The government has no right to tell the president of Harvard or the president of the University of Pennsylvania. They could be monsters. They could be great people. They could be plagiarists. They could be jerks. They could be saints. Doesn't matter. The government has no right telling them what to say and what not to say and berating them when they don't march to the government's tune. That's the point of my uh, of my piece. We'll see if it resonates um, uh, anywhere. This congresswoman, she may be your congresswoman because she's up. Oh yeah, that jerk. Yeah, Elsie Stefanik. Yeah, but she just destroyed uh, this president of the University of uh, Pennsylvania. This is also typical of the Ivy League. The president of the University of Pennsylvania had one of the best law firms in the country and one of the best PR firms in the country advising her. <laughs> Two days after a testimony, she got fired. That's yep. how poorly she did, and how they wasted their money. It's their money; they can waste it. The government had no right to berate her. The government had no right to call her. And if she had a backbone, she would have answered, as you said, or she would have remained silent and said, yeah. hmm, I have a right to remain silent. Yeah. And you know that, Congresswoman Stefanik? I would say to them, you have no right. You have no right to do this to me. And I won't say a damn thing. And I want to get this straight in all your little minds. You're public servants. Get that in your head. You got this backwards. And again, going back to this, this, this article that you, you wrote here, and everybody has to go and read this. And again, and you, if you want to know what's going on from the top people around, uh, you got to go to the judge's site. Judging freedom. It's something that the people that he has on, the things that, that they're saying, you, you, you're not going to find this anywhere. The people he had on, like Max Blumenthal. Oh, Blumenthal, I think he's Jewish, isn't he? You yeah. know, he must be. He must hate Jews because of what he said about Israel and the genocide they're committing. I mean, that's the stupidity of it. Of course Correct. he's not. But he's a real man. Yes. And you got to see that that interview that you did with him, it's it's all over. Everybody keeps sending me links about it. You got to see this. You got to see this. So again, go to this site to get more information, judging freedom. You put that site up here. There it is. Thank you, Gerald. Yeah. You, you right here, you said, <laughs> yet in perilous times like the present, we have seen zealots use Congress, the police, and public opinion to block speech that they hate. And I want to stop right at that because, again, going back to what happened with this, uh, with the college uh, presidents, they were saying that they supported these students that were saying, I don't know the exact words, but, you know, we have to destroy all Israelis or kill the Israel. Not they the, chanted, were, the students chanted the same song that the Congresswoman chanted. It's a song from the ocean to the sea. Palestine will be free. And these members of Congress were berating presidents because they permitted that free speech because they didn't speak out against it. 
That's well, what they also claim that the, this, these students said other things. Yes. And, and the fact is that they asked to show a video or anything of them saying that, and they couldn't come up with one of them. They never said what the Congress said they said. And again, all they were saying was, you know, stop the slaughter, cease fire, and what you said as well. <clears throat> so, you know, there's this guy, another clown boy. I, I think he, he was in the military, the United States, you know, a sec- intelligence service or something. Yeah, intelligence in, in military is an oxymoron because there are no t- intelligence among them. <laughs> this guy, um, he's a uh, senator down in um, Virginia. Tim Kaine, do you know him? I know of him. <clears throat> Yesterday, the guy that uh, playing the president of Ukraine, and of course, before he was the president of Ukraine, he was a comedian that played the piano with his penis. The videos are there for anybody to see it. And now he's the president of Ukraine, came to the United States to ask for more money to keep blooding in the killing fields. And as he's speaking... He's standing under a picture of George Washington. George Washington. So this guy, Kane, says, President's, there he is. Oh, good, good. This shot, Dylan and Jane. Great, great. President Zelensky spoke to the Senate today about the critical role of American support for Ukraine democracy. Democracy? What are you talking about? He stood beneath the portrait of George Washington who helped birth an American free from domination by a great power. This was a moving moment. First of all, Ukraine is no democracy. And matter of fact, the little clown boy said, no presidential election, I'm staying in. Right. Then... He goes on to quote Washington. Washington, huh? It is our true policy. This is George Washington's farewell address. To steer clear of permanent alliance with any portion of the foreign world. Observe good faith and justice toward all nations. Cultivate peace and harmony with all. The nation which indulges toward another an habitual hatred or an habitual fondness is in some degree a slave. It is a slave to its animosity or to its affection, either of which is sufficient to lead it astray from its duty and interests. A passionate attachment of one nation for another produces a variety of evils. Sympathy for the favorite nation facilitating the illusion of an imaginary common interest in cases where no real common interest exists and infusing into one that emanates of the other betrays the former into a participation in the quarrels and wars of the latter without adequate inducement or justification. And this little clown boy this little clown boy, Kane, saying that he's under the a, a picture of George Washington, a portrait of George Washington, that this is what Washington stands for. When Washington was totally opposed to our b- 
being involved in foreign entanglements. Well, this guy obviously doesn't know his uh, history, and it's just a, a political blowhard uh, attempting to make material misrepresentations. As you pointed out, Ukraine is not a democracy. Uh, Zelensky wants to be president for life, and he may be president for life because his life is probably not going to go on much longer since the government is collapsing. Uh, and uh, Washington never stood for the type of foreign aid and foreign entanglements that Zelensky was requesting as he stood under a picture of him. And Senator Kane totally, materially, and disingenuously misrepresented American history. And it goes back to your article. The misrepresentation of American history, the country that our founding fathers fought for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that have been stolen from us in front of everybody's eyes for all to see. You go on, during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln locked up thousands of journalists in the North who were critical of his war efforts. During World War I, President Wilson, who my alma mater, Matt, <laughs> president of Princeton University, is trying to erase from its memory, arrested students for reading the Declaration of Independence aloud or singing German beer hall songs. Now, I'm mentioning this again. You got to read what the judge is writing here. But what's important about this, two wars, Abraham Lincoln's murderous war that killed, what, some 700,000 people, destroyed the South? Yeah. Woodrow Wilson's murderous war that dragged the United States into it. We're fighting for democracy. I'm a Yankee doodle dandy. They do this at wartime, just like they're silencing us now as wars are raging. The silencing of us now is a prelude to war because as you have said countless times, better than anybody else, Gerald, when all else fails, they take you to war. Biden's presidency is a failure and his only hope uh, of reelection is if he's a wartime uh, president and he can whip up patriotic uh, war enthusiasm behind him. Uh, late last week, he had an impromptu statement to the press. It wasn't a press conference. He just stood in front of a cameras and read script for about 90 seconds and basically gave the domino theory. If Putin takes Ukraine, he's going to go after Poland. And if he goes after Poland, that's NATO. And that's going to produce American boys fighting Russian boys. This is nonsense. First of all, six months ago, Biden said Putin has lost. Well, he knows that Putin hasn't lost. The Ukrainians have lost. Second, Putin has no interest whatsoever in taking Ukraine. He just wants to be sure that NATO isn't there to aim its uh, missiles uh, at Moscow. And he has no interest in going anywhere else in Europe. He'd rather make money from Europe by selling them natural gas, which he could do if we hadn't destroyed their natural gas pipeline. <laughs> and, and talking about natural gas and the bottom line, there was an article in Zero Hedge about how United States oil and gas exports have exploded since Biden put sanctions on Russia. And the United States is making, the companies in the United States are making a ton of money by selling 
all the oil and gas that Russia was selling to, to European and other nations that they're not allowed to buy anymore. So it's all about the bottom line. Yes. And that's who controls the government. That's right in front of everybody's eyes. The banking system, you got the banksters, you got big pharma, you got uh, uh, high tech. These are the people that are controlling the company, the, 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 the government. One after another in front of everybody's eyes for all to see. And of course, the military industrial complex. And on that note, I would like to read something from, again, which <clears throat> the little clown boys can't stand. Every gun that is made, every warship launched, every rocket fired signifies in the final sense a theft from those who hunger and are not fed. Those who are cold and not clothed. The world in arms is not spending money alone. It's spending the sweat of the laborers, the genius of scientists, the hopes of the children. This is not a way of life at all in any true sense. Under the clouds of war, it is humanity hanging from a cross of iron, said five-star general, supreme commander of the Allied forces, two-term president of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower. You know, uh, McGregor... Uh, and Ritter have uh, taught me that the, the the fiercest, as well as a young friend of mine, who's a graduate of West Point about 10 years ago and did his time with the military, now works in the financial uh, services sector. The fiercest opponents of wars are those who have been through it. Yep. Who see the waste, the waste of, uh, of, blood, of flesh and blood uh, and, and assets. I mean, if uh, if Noam Chomsky or some hard lefty had written what you just read, people would say, OK, I get it. But this was written by a conservative Republican career military officer who basically said we must do all we can uh, to avoid war. And we can't live in a society fed by, nurtured by, made wealthy by the military industrial complex, because there will be a tendency to use those weapons so that they can make more of them. And it's happened right in front of our eyes. You know, judge it's Christmas time. And by the way, uh, the cover of the trends journal this week, uh, really says it fools on the hill. By the way, I got that fools on the hill from our friend, uh, um, uh, Phil Giraldi. And he called him <laughs> that. And, and no Gaza ceasefire, war is peace, which uh, war is peace, of course, is from Orwell. And that's what the government is today. And it's, it's Christmas time. It's holiday time. And what do they talk about? Well, Biden, who calls himself a Catholic, says he's a Zionist. And all they talk about during Christmas time is it's killing what a holiday sale is going to rack up to. Yeah. And nothing about the Prince of Peace. Right. So here we are at Christmas time and other holidays of other religions are along this time of the year. And where is where are the religions and where is everybody talking about the Prince of Peace? Not Cheryl, the, the world is turned upside down. The Pope doesn't even talk about the Prince of Peace anymore. He talks about climate uh, issues. <laughs> the Pope. I mean, the world is turned upside down. The, the, the standard defenders of first principles and traditional values can't be relied on anymore. 
which is why people need to watch your podcast, read the Trends Journal, uh, dip into mine, look at alternative news sources that are not controlled ultimately by investors and the military industrial complex. Judges say it all the time that people need to know, and those are the facts, the passion, and the what this country was founded for and how we've lost it and what we need to do to get it back. So thanks for being here, Judge, and we'll see you next week. Pleasure, my man. All the best.